Look at that. Look at that incredible mocha. Inside Depot Art Space Gallery in Auckland, a few people are visiting the exhibition Te Kuia Moko, 34 portraits of Tuhoi Kuia. One of the portraits is Rangi Ruri. Her descendant, Celine Ruri Kerr, knows the picture well from the book The Blue Privilege, The Last Tattooed Māori Women, Te Kuia Moko. Did you remember thumbing through these pages as a oh, yeah, young... every page. This is my dad's book, but I um, it remains in my possession all the time. Everybody borrows it, but it ends up coming back to me, so <laughs> probably a reason for that. But all the pages have been well read, it's been well used... Um, when my kids were little, they used to go directly to that page and it would just open up and they would sleep with it. Really? The book, and my muckles did it as well. They would sleep with this book. Artist Harry Sangle spent five years in the Tuhoi Valley. In the early 1970s, he was inspired by Gottfried and Lindau paintings. He sought the permission of Kuya to paint their portrait. Today, Harry is 97 years old, and the exhibition brings back all those memories. The descendants of these queer are keen to sit with him to share stories. Uh, the whole thing is, is unbelievable. I mean, the, the exhibition itself, I never, never ever thought it would be so, so wonderful and so, so open and, and uh, disclosing for the descendants of all those those Maori men. And what's the name of your queer? Margarita House, and her husband was William Bill House. I'm her granddaughter. In this episode of Te Ahika, we're in Devonport, Auckland. No mai, haramai, anō ki tēnei kaupapa kei mua i a tātou. Ko te reo irirangi o Aotearoa tēnei, ko Justin Murray, ahau. Chizomuko would surely be one of the last. It was done during World War I. She was blindfolded and held on the ground by two other women while Hokotahi marked the pattern and Te Taiwera used a well-banged chisel. The pain was too much and the tattoo on her upper lip was left undone. What a traumatic experience. Oh, I'd be at that age, yeah. Did you know that about her? Um, only from what I read. I didn't really know her. I have a personal experience with her. But um, I no know one of my... Down. No, not really. But I know one of my uncles was brought up by her. So, so when you look at this particular picture, what, what comes to your mind? She looks very regal. Just, yeah, just her ahua, everything. It's like, I know her and don't know her in a sense. But it's... I don't know, she's got such a serene look about her that I know in the wairua, what she holds and what she used to do. My dad said she was quite a, a person that liked to be outside, clean and everything, gardening. 
that's that's probably as much as I know about her. But I've always wanted to. I used to say, man, I wish I had a meter back then. I was eight years old, but you know, I probably did, but don't remember it. Celine Rudi Kerr marvels at the picture of her kuia Rangiruri. In a brown shopping bag, Celine has brought along a first edition copy of The Blue Privilege, the last tattooed Māori woman, Te Kuia Moko. It's a bit weathered and torn at the corners, a sign that many have read through its pages over the last four decades. Kia ora ko Celine hau, um, kei te noho ana au ki Minganui Te Whaiti, ki te tau tōku papa no tūhoi nā te whare, o mama no tūhoi nā te parau. And I reside in Manirewa at the moment. Manirewa, yeah, been in Auckland for like twenty odd years. So, um, in your in your bag, you have the book, yep, the Blue Privilege, which is obviously the publication of oh, the first it's, edition the first. from 1980. Did you remember thumbing through these pages as a oh, yeah, young... every page? This is my dad's book, but I um, it remains in my possession all the time. Everybody borrows it, but it ends up coming back to me. So. <laughs> probably a reason for that but all the pages have been well read it's been well used um, when my kids were little they used to go directly to that page and it would just open up and they would sleep with it really? book, and my mukos did it as well they would sleep with this book Kapai. so this exhibition has come about it's basically bringing these prints back into te ao marama, you know how, how did you feel about this exhibition being staged once again um, I came in on the Sunday, so I didn't come in on opening. Yeah. But Sunday was so overwhelming, I just cried. It was like I was getting called in from the door. I mean, that's the intensity of all these queer together. It's like the way to, you know, everything's here. In this one space, I could feel my whole being just going, whoa, look at them all. And I just came to um, greet my nan and mm. say, Kia ora, nan, I'm here, finally. And I just cried and cried and cried. Oh. Does she hang in your, in your whare anyway? Um My dad has a... Um, years ago, my sister got a massive painting for my dad's birthday done years ago. Yeah. Oh, of this one? Yeah, yeah, of this. Someone did it, and it's a portrait about that big. So she's always... She's, she's home, she's everywhere, but... Right by the front door, so she can have a lawyer. Who's coming in the house? Who's leaving? What are they up to? Yes. Yeah, more or less. Co-curator of the exhibition, Jermaine Rehana, has spent the last year bringing the exhibition to life. Uh, ko Jermaine Rehana tōku ingoa. Um, ko ahau te kaitakawainga Māori ki, ki konei, ki te part space. Uh, he uri tūturu tēnei nō Rahiri, uh, ki te taho o tōku mama nō Ngai Tūpoto, uh, ki te taho o tōku pāpa uh, nō Ngāti Hine ahau. Ai, kia ora tāte katoa. Here we have Makareta House. Now, Makareta is said to have been the aunt of, uh, at the time, Te Atairangika, and actually lived near um, Tūranga Waiwai Marae. Uh, here we have Moirangi Ratahi, and now she was born in 1869 into the Ngāti Awa, um, near, near Pahipoto. Uh, we have here Teia Kutia. Here Teia was born in 1888 uh, at Watahuna into the Ngāti Suhoe tribe. 
with the research that I've done that uh, Tame Poata was a part of retaining uh, the old practice of tāmoko, or mokokaubai. It is said that the practice was dying out, but we all know how resilient Māori are. So Tame Poata's name seems to pop up. Well, it does. It pops up quite regularly um, with regards to tattooing the majority of these wahine. It's been a year in the making. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, there's another kaupapa that we're involved with here at Depart Space called um, Cultural Icons. And Harry, uh, alongside Harry and his, and his daughter, Michaela, sort of shared his story about Te Kuiomoko and um, how he sort of started off his journey in painting and, and recording the stories of each of the 34 queers, you know, queer that we see here today. And subsequent to that, uh, we got talking about the possibility of showing the prints, showing the 34 prints of the originals that Harry had painted in the early 1970s. It was awesome to have Michaela there to help facilitate us through that through that process, and um, eventually uh, ended up in the Te Kuiya Moko exhibition that we see here today. So, I mean, for the past year, I've been looking at these queer through the pages of um, Blue Privilege, the Kuiya Moko, the publication. I had experienced them in the space together, and they're all gazing up at you during the um, installation of the works. It was really quite uh, moving, you know, a real visceral sort of experience. Because ultimately, you know, the, the, the wairua and the modi of these kuia are still very, very apparent. We, in order to respond to that, uh, we dived into a lot of um, karakia tafito uh, in order to uh, make sure that we manaki and respect these, these kuia, their stories and their uri. What's really interesting is that um, alongside the kōrero um, and the stories of these queer is some of the most comprehensive um, research into um, the traditional practice of tāmoko. So, yeah, and it's really interesting to hear the stories of, of tattooists of, of now who actually look to this as, as a reference for their mahi when they were first starting out. Obviously, you know, there is the, the family of all of these uh, queer to consider. Was there, did you approach the family about bringing these, about this exhibition? Ultimately, I felt like that was the response to the karanga of these queer, um, bringing them together. We, we felt as though, you know, if, if we put the call out and we had a space for each of these queer to you know, karanga to their descendants, to their uri, then, um, then they will come, and they have. Kia ora, Jermaine Reihana, co-curator of the exhibition Te Kuiya Moko. A portrait of Tainui Kuiya, Marguerite Hose, features as part of this exhibition. Her two granddaughters, Rovina and Christine, were there. They were keen to sit beside Harry Sangal to talk about their grandmother, they brought with them photos and an outline of their whakapapa. Here, Rovina talks about the experience of meeting Harry for the first time. So could you tell us a bit about your, your queer? Um, my grandmother, um, she's a lovely lady. She was a lovely lady. We come out when we saw a, a 
some parts of it on Tikari. Yes. Yeah, because we've never ever seen the photo of her. Do you have the book? Yes, I have You have the book? book? Yep, yeah. the Blue Privilege. It's a very old book. Yes, 1980 first edition. Yeah, it must have been. My daughter got it for me at the uh, exhibition in Auckland downtown. And she, she, he, she said that he, he said to her, um, I'll put your name on it. She said, no, actually, I bought this for my mum. And how are you in the whakapapa? So you, her son? I'm, or... I'm her granddaughter. Granddaughter. We're her granddaughter. Yeah. So yeah. you've got your sister here as well? Yeah. Christine? Christine. Christine. Yep, the youngest. She was brought up here, and another sister were brought up with our grandmother down in Turangwaiwai when they were younger. They both went to school down there with her. But I was older, so I was with my mum. But we always holidayed. We stayed with our grandmother for about six years. Well, the first three, I think, we stayed with her, and then mum and dad got a place down there, so we lived there. But we weren't far away from our grandmother. So what have you been talking, what can you share with us in talking with Harry here, who obviously painted Uh, your queer? We bought their photos, uh, her photos. Some of her photos, I've got them in here. Has Harry shared with you anything new that you didn't know about your queer? Oh, yes. Yes. Can you share anything? um, What we didn't know about her, you know. Well, we wanted to have a, uh, have a bit more talk, but I think he's a bit tired now. <laughs> <laughs> but he's got a lovely memory. You know, he's got a very lovely memory. It knows, you know, in those days, that's a long time, eh? Yes. Yes. Mind you, our queers used to know a lot of things too. So they also the relatives of the, of the former Maori Queen Teata, that... So that's, that's how I got the permission from her. I had to get her permission to paint her. Kia ora, Rovina Tata. At 97 years old, Harry Sangal can still remember things about travelling to the Tuhoi Valley and asking Kuya and their families to paint their picture. Some of the queer passed away before he had a chance to paint them, and others needed more time. He remembers one of the queer said no, and then over a cup of tea and a slice of fruitcake made by Harry's wife, that eventually won her over. But Harry is aware that they had their suspicions. Here he was in the valley, Pākehā man from Prague, travelling around in his caravan, asking a seemingly random question of wanting to paint their picture. But as captured in the book, he formed close bonds with them. Most were aged between 80 and 100 years old in the early 1970s. Many shared their very personal experiences with Harry about how they received their moko. Some received it under stressful situations or under duress. And most had their moko done by well-known artist of that period, Tame Puata. Here, Harry, along with his daughter Michaela, talk about bringing the exhibition to life again and at the same time the memories that come flooding back. This must be wonderful for you to meet the descendants of some of these esteemed ladies. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, the, the whole thing is, is unbelievable. 
I mean, the, the exhibition itself, I never, never ever thought it would be so, so wonderful and so, so open and, and uh, disclosing for the descendants of all those, those Maori. I mean, the idea was, of course, that they would be displayed in a, a place in a, in a marae or at least mm. or in a museum or something but it has disappeared and nobody really knows at the moment where they are they are somewhere in Wellington and uh, uh, but uh, they has, haven't come out since uh, about 1990 I think 94. 1994. You're talking about the originals? Yeah, the originals, yeah. <clears throat> so they are somewhere hidden. And uh, I hope this exhibition will bring bring somebody up who knows about them and he, or he could even do something about them to bring them up out to the public and uh, to the younger generation who never, ever met them before. Mm. So, Harry, when you think of Tuhoi, you know, Te Whārua or Tuhoi, what, yeah. what comes back to your mind? What was Tuhoi country like? What, what memories come back to you about the family there? Well, uh, there were several... several uh, they lived in the area there, and well, the first one was, of course, in Ruatoki. Yeah. And, uh, and then... From there, it went on to uh, Wakatani, yes. and and then further on again, and it was introduced from one to the other by some family member or chief of the tribes. There was one one lady; she was the only chieftainess, uh, and she was living in Opodiki, and uh, but her. Her daughter didn't want her to be painted, so I had to pick her up at her daughter's house where she lived. So she, and she drove with me to her marae, and I painted her in front of her marae. So she never, she, and her daughter never knew that she had a, a painting. <laughs> uh, so she was a very high-ranking chief, chieftainess herself. Her father was a, 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 the, 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 highest, the highest chief there and her, and her grandfather too. Hini mm. Tefara. that's right, yeah. There's some other... Uh, there was another one living near, near Ruatoki. Could have been on the outskirts of Ruatoki. And... Uh, she had a tattoo on her arm mm. and was, was letters of, of a name. And when I asked her who it is, she said it's her father's name, but the last letter of the name didn't fit on, on it anymore, so I left it away. <laughs> okay. So you could see that on the, on the painting, I painted that arm too. Oh. I mean, I painted the arm so you could read the name. These queers shared such personal information with you, eh, about how they were, in some cases, forced to get moko kauai right, done. Yeah. Did they ever think you 
it must have taken a lot of time for them to be comfortable with you to, to, for, to share their story. Well, that was, that was the amazing part of it, thinking of it afterwards, later, and even now, because they were very suspicious of, uh, of the Pakiha and me being a Pakiha and not even a New Zealander. Uh, so uh, how I gained her trust, their trust and uh, permission later on to to sit for me is beyond me at the moment, uh, up till now. And it's come full circle with these descendants yes. of these queer yes. wanting to find out more about their queer, and you were there with them, so yeah. that must feel quite special. Very, very. I mean, they're some up, up to the sixth generation since them, since their kuya, and they still, still worship, worship them, and see them or look at them at the at the, the books. They all probably have a book anyway, because I gave each of the of the kuya which I painted, I gave a book later on. So it'll be still in the family. What are some of the uh, uh, important um, lessons that maybe these queer imparted to you? Well, maybe just the belief in in the family, which is much stronger, uh, the connection in the family, much stronger um, in the Maori uh, than it is in the in the Pakia. I mean, if you think of of Pakia, if they get older, they get sent away from the from the house and get sent into a, into a rest home or something, which never happens with a, with a Maori. And that's what I admired about their culture too. They they cared for the older oldies, and they they treasured them, uh, which you don't find at the at the Pakia community so much. You think you, Michaela? Has it been busy for Dad? Yes, it has been extremely <laughs> busy and very, very exciting, very um, emotional, really. Yes, he's saying extremely emotional. <laughs> well, it's the first time since 1993 when the um, when the originals were on display and uh, gifted to the Maori people, um, and a trust was formed, and then they they went to various marae, travelled around the country. Um, that Dad has had the opportunity to be surrounded by the kuia again, and he said so many memories have come up for him. So many memories of sitting with the kuya and that they, they had a lot of laughs. Yes. <laughs> that some really liked your fruit cake, didn't they, Gugs? Oh, my wife always uh, baked a cake for me, a fruit cake, when, oh, I, was, nice. when I was going away, travelling away and looking for the kuya. And one of them uh, first declined to be painted. Yes. And then I said, OK, do, shall, shall we have a cup of tea? <laughs> You know, before we keep going on, and I went out and got my fruit cake, and brought it in. And by the time I opened it up, there were about three or four uh, little 
kids around there, and they all wanted a piece. And so, but anyway, uh, after we had the, the tea and, and fruitcake, uh, she finally agreed to sit. Did you train at an institute in particular, Harry? No, yeah, I was in Munich at the Art Institute, but I wasn't allowed actually to to study there because I was I was uh, an invalid, a war invalid from the Second World War, and I still went on crutch on a crutch and all that. So I, and the condition there to to study was that you have to work for the first half year in building it up. Everything was destroyed, it was bombed out in Munich, you know. And uh, I couldn't do that. So uh, that way I, I, was, I wasn't able. And see, I had my hand injured too and a foot and a foot. And so I went in my crutches. And uh, but one of the professors felt sorry for me probably. And he gave me lessons privately. So that's how it started then. Tēnā koe, Harry Sangle. And of course we heard from the descendants of some of the queer, uh, Saline Rudi Ku, Rovina Tata, and co-curator Jermaine Rehana. The exhibition does end on the 20th of March, so make sure to check it out at the Depot Art Space, Devonport in Auckland. Hey, mihi mai o hatina kia koutou katoa e whakarongo mai ana. Koutou ranga kai whakarongo epurangi, waia pūkoro, anō nei te mihi kia koutou katoa. Join Tiahika next Sunday. Mai te whanau a Tiahika kia tātou katoa. Hei kuna mai.